0: Welcome to another episode of Inside the Squad. We're nearing the end of September, and the foot pursuit is coming Saturday, October 30th. So I talk a lot about that. Register, please. And we also talk about online reporting and kind of some changes that we're going to make as far as policing, and that's probably happened nationwide, honestly. So enjoy. Enjoy. What's going on, gentlemen? Alan and his crew are recovering from a good workout they did this, this afternoon. It's good for him. 52 card. It's good. Tom, how are you, sir? I am well. Good. Good. Yep, yep. Glad to see you back. I don't you weren't yeah, here no, the was last always few some, times.
1: Some, something. I was in training, a training
0: class the last time. So. Did you learn anything? Uh, yes. Just say yes, just in case your boss is listening. Yes. Okay, good job. <laughs> Cap's back. Oh, is it good to see me back, too? It's good to see you back, too. Are
2: you sure about
0: that? Uh, just so everyone knows, he's super sensitive that we left him out for no. the last podcast.
2: No, not super sensitive. He was no. super sensitive.
0: But um, we're glad you're here now. We're going to have a good conversation, and we'll try not to leave you out next time uh-huh. or the next time. Okay. Again, I go back to you. I'm just not sure. What,
2: I, I'm not sure I can trust Randy anymore. I I'll let you have your seat back. <laughs> you let Ooh. me have my seat back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I see how it's going to be. All right. I got one of you on each side of me right now. So, all right. It's
0: good for you. We're keeping them honest.
2: So, we got a couple things to talk about.
0: I'm going to start off with this and then I'm going to end it with this because I need to get the message out. But the Foot Pursuit 5K – the fourth one, the fourth, yeah, which is crazy because I feel like it was just yesterday that I was like, hey, can I try this? Can I start this off? And Galloway's like, uh. I'm like, come on, just let me do it. And he's like, right, yeah, go ahead. So, and it's been great, but it's October 30th down at Raleigh Plaza. Go to Pursuit 5 kitsyourracecom And, Tom, can we put that in the notes so people can absolutely all right it'll be in the notes the link will Uh, i'll be pushing out some more stuff on instagram about it so lafayette INPD, our instagram twitter and lieutenant shear is making our video he's editing it
3: editing it yeah he was you were the star
0: i was the star just because he wasn't willing and i mean it's true i was the star of the video cap He's shaking his head. Yeah, I'm rolling my eyes and shaking my head. I tried to, and people will see when the video comes out that I tried to get Randy in there. He's in there about a half a second. Yeah, you did. But uh, he's the director. He's the editor, producer. (sighs) But I did do all the works. But anyways, um, it'll be great, and I look forward to that coming out. When is that coming out there, LT? Uh, Maybe today. Nice.
3: Almost done. Nice. Almost done. Did you get the music in there? I have not. In fact, I haven't touched it since this morning, so well, it's in the same spot that right. it was this morning that you asked me.
0: I'm excited about that. I wasn't able to do a video last year, and because last year, obviously there was just a lot going on, but this will be good. this will be good. I hope uh, we're, we're over 40 perc- or I'm sorry, 40 people registered, which for six weeks out, ish, that's pretty good. so I would love to get I would love to see at least 300 people there you want to tell everybody what time it starts? We are going to start, I'm going to say 7.30. And the reason I say that is, is because we will be up and running at 7.30. We're going to do like we did last year. And so when you show up, the timing system will be running. So you can start whenever you want. People really like that last year. So you show up, get your shirt, get your packet, and or your bib, rather. And you can start that race whenever you want. We're just we'll, we'll keep with and people just like that, you know. People get ready at different times, warming up and whatever, and then that'll help with congestion on the Heritage Trail, which we'll be running again. And, and people just liked it. So, and my plan is so you know the official start, which is on the flyer, is eight thirty, and my plan is to start awards at nine thirty. So give people quite a bit of time to to do 3.1 miles and come back. We will have the SWAT competition this year, kettlebell swing. So you'll have your chance to do as many reps as possible and win yourself a, for the ladies, 35-pound kettlebell and the, the men a 50-pound kettlebell. So that'll be good. That's optional, but I definitely recommend doing so. We'll have a bunch of good vendors there. Uh, and I do need to give a huge shout-out to to our sponsors, I couldn't do this without them. We have Freckles Graphics, thank you to Freckles. Jerry, he's donated quite a bit of money to the Hartford House this year, in the past couple years, so I appreciate him very much. He's been been a huge sponsor of the race all four years, so thank you to him. Um, Steve Shook, Charlie Shook over there, at Coldwell Banker Shook, those guys have always been Uh, supporters of LPD in in the race so thank you to you gentlemen the SWAT challenge is actually sponsored by Coldwell Banker Shook so I know Steve I can speak for him he's big into fitness and running and crossfitting so he was excited to do that Uh, the YMCA so if people didn't know in the years past the last I know last year for sure was it two years ago as well But last year for sure, and then this year again, the Y is donating a year membership to the top male and female runner. Oh, nice. So the top male and female will get a year's membership to the Y, which is pretty cool. Um, Thanks to Best Buy, they're going to donate headphones again. So, top, or I'm sorry, second place overall for both men and women will get a cool set of new headphones. And then Fleet Feet, they will get a gift card. Third place will get a gift card to Fleet Feet. And then, of course, we'll have the breakdown of all the age brackets, and those folks that are top three will get bling bling some some uh, oh geez I, oh medals. Geez, I just had a I lost it there for a second. They'll get some cool medals thanks to Sugar Awards, and then we'll also have participation medals, and those who sign up. At least a week before the race, we'll get shirts. you got to give me a little time to make them. So, please, if you want a shirt or a sweatshirt, you can buy a sweatshirt, you can buy a long sleeve. But if you at least want the race shirt and a, a participation medal, you have to sign up a week prior. So like yeah, I said, so it's I can get those
2: October, so it's a little chilly. You might want that to run the race in. Yeah, And for, for those that are uh, listening that may not be familiar with the 5K Foot Pursuit, you want to tell them what it's about and what it's for?
0: Yes, thank you, sir. So, what it's about, my three initial goals, uh, missions, if you will, and it still is the case. First and foremost, now, a fundraiser for the Hartford House, the Child Advocacy Center here in, in Tippecanoe County, and they also help children in surrounding counties. But they interview children that are victims of crimes or have witnessed crimes. The ladies down there do a phenomenal job, it's a nonprofit. They really appreciate the resources, and then obviously, you know, we're helping kids in need. So all the proceeds from the race will go to the Hartford House, and I will continue to do that as long as I'm in charge of the race. I mean, again, there's no better cause to me than helping kids in need. That's that's first and foremost. Second, an outreach event. You know trying to build those relations with the the people we serve and, and protect so come on down well there'll be plenty of police officers there that you can mingle with you know running the race or helping facilitate the race and then lastly i'm pretty sure everyone knows if they know me well enough that fitness it's a huge part of my life and so you know what better way to get out and enjoy the the fresh air kind of appreciate and, and hang out in downtown the beautiful downtown and run the heritage trail which that time of the year is awesome and um you know get yourself healthy moving because soon i feel like we're all going to be stuck in our houses again it's coming right
2: whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Don't, winter don't, because
0: of winter because oh, it's cold okay. not because of anything else no, just because of the weather that bad no mojo no, 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 no. no 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 it's just right when it gets cold out you kind of avoid going outside if you can And so it was chilly this last couple days.
2: Yeah, now it's back up in the 80s. Yeah. It's been a a weird, weird September and rolling into October. I know. That's what we get for living in Indiana. You know what's really cool about last year? Because last year was the first year we had the 5K downtown at Reilly Plaza. And if no one's been downtown in the fall, early morning, it's beautiful down there. It really is beautiful that sun coming up and uh, everybody starting the the race and gathering there. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. It's also cool before it gets light out, we'll have police cars along the route and to see the lights kind of bounce off everywhere kind of sets that, that tone, Uh, the aura, right. It's just, I don't know. It's just neat. And, you know, another element that we brought last year that we haven't had before, because normally the last, the first two years the race was in the beginning of the year and that was just, because of the logistics and uh, you know venue, <clears throat> but since we brought it downtown when we had it during Halloween or on Halloween, I just thought that was fun. People coming in costumes, so and we'll point that out in the video, right, Randy? Yes. And so wear a cool costume. We're going to give out a good prize for best costume, which will be voted on by the people. Last year it was this young lady; she was dressed up like a zombie. It was she did it was a nice it was a cool costume. Her face was all painted up. But uh, just a lot of good stuff to give away. It would be a good time mingle with people. Uh, another shout-out to Lafayette Regional Rehabilitation Hospital. That's a mouthful for me. Uh, they are another sponsor. They're awesome. And uh, so I appreciate them being there. And we'll have those folks down at the race. They'll be down there on their, in the a vendor spot, if you will. So just thank you to everybody involved. Jake Franklin, if you don't know Jake, he's my timing system guy. He does a phenomenal job. And uh, – the mayor, He's, he donated money to the cause, so thank you to him. So it'll be good. Please sign up. It's a great cause. And I, I just wanna see a bunch of new faces. I wanna see everybody from the past two. Randy, it's gonna be his first year.
3: Yep. I'm excited about it. In fact, I think the whole family's gonna come and,
0: nice. and run in it. So Nice. My boys have ran in it in the last, well, every year. They loved it. We'll get some more cops down there.
4: First place men's virtual.
0: You were first. Oh, that's Attaboy, right. Yeah, we got a champ in the house. We got a champ in the house. We had the virtual, and he crushed it. So it again. now, yes, there is virtual option. Although I'd love to see you in person, there can be a virtual option. Uh, did I talk enough about it?
2: You, yeah, you talked a lot, but it's good. It's all but that's good not stuff.
0: anything new. Nope,
2: nothing new. It's good stuff.
0: Well, darn it! I put all this time into it, and I want people to show up. Okay.
2: Don't get defensive.
0: Um, I'm being a little defensive. Don't. Don't be. It's all good stuff. Does anybody else want to talk about something different? Okay. footpursuit 5 <laughs> <dot laughs> <hit your race laughs> com. No, in all seriousness, we we discussed – we got some. We got a lot of stuff going on. If you couldn't tell, a bunch of construction going on outside. But we also have some internal construction, which we really won't get into that as much. But um, it will kind of touch how we operate. And one thing we want to discuss was online reporting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not not just online reporting, but I think in in a broader context, what you're seeing throughout um, throughout the country in law enforcement is. Agencies that are, you know, prioritizing resources, uh, making uh, difficult decisions about uh, what calls they're they're going to be responding to, uh, what they're going to be taking reports on. Um, I think it's, you know, pretty common now, especially with a lot of larger agencies, where they're looking at uh, not responding to things that are not necess- that are not in progress, not taking reports on some of the things they've taken reports on in the past. And, you know, I think it's, it's worth having a conversation about this topic. Um, you know, our agency is, is no different than any others when it comes to the, the staffing shortages that we're experiencing. Everyone's seeing it throughout the country. So uh, it's – and it kind of dovetails also into working smarter and not harder with regards to technology. And I think we're doing a great job with uh, moving forward with that and we can get into all that auto transcription for officers with regards to no longer typing reports but you know you speak and it'll type it for you and it's you know that's that's a huge time saver as well but you know we've talked about these things in the past but i think what we've seen really more over the last year are you know agencies making difficult decisions with regards to resources and what they're gonna what they're gonna devote those resources to so yeah I, I, i think it's worth some discussion as a group
0: yeah as a community i mean we want to i'm sure people want officers dedicating time to you know obviously solving crime but preventing crime and so if we want to be able to free up time for them to go and do those things, you know, we need help from the community and, and have them do their part. Is that fair to say?
2: I think I think it is, but I would probably clarify one thing, and and that's probably the misconception of the public that we prevent crime. We're we're reacting more often than not to situations that occur, right? Um, and and I think you know I I know I run into this just within my own family. You guys might as well. That you know, you know how much. Does law enforcement in this country actually prevent crime from occurring versus reacting to crime that's occurring? Now, there's preventive measures that we've implemented and other agencies have, and I think have been pretty successful in, in preventing that, but aren't we implementing those things after crime has occurred? You know, yeah, you fair. identify hot spots in a particular area and then you dedicate resources to that, right? So you you might be preventing some future additional crime, but you're actually responding to issues and concerns within a particular neighborhood or area and then dedicating resources to that.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think so prevent, obviously, probably not the best word. I, I can say there's an element of deterring crime, though right if we if they see us in the area we we could deter something from happening if we uh, acknowledge that there's a particular crime that's occurring i mean fill in the blank you know and we dedicate resources to that to try to deter people from continuing to commit that crime again fill in the blank uh, but you're absolutely right i mean we if if somebody's dead set on committing a crime or in the moment doing something we can't really prevent that right and that's where we have to to respond but that also goes back to citizens doing their part to help to make sure they don't become victims of crimes right oh, or something big, the does the biggest o- piece the or, biggest piece or something does occur and it's something to where there is not a suspect right and it's it's a, a vandalism or criminal mischief or something to where hey you know i get it it's your property regardless of of monetary value But it's something to where it's not of incredible um, – it doesn't cost that much compared to other things, right? Under 750 I think, is what we have in there. Um, And you don't have a suspect. You really have no idea, and they're gone. If you're able to report that for us on this – the internet reporting or the – that will help me out here. The online online. reporting, uh, you know, that saves that officer time because really what they're doing, the officer's showing up. You're telling them what occurred. And they're essentially just regurgitating that information on a piece, on, on a on paper, right, for us to document that. And we want that information, but is it really necessary for us to write what you just told us? If you're able to do that for us and, and give us detail and provide us the information, we have it. And that officer, in the meantime, could be going and handling a different situation or maybe deterring crime in, in a different area or whatever, right? And so we're trying to get the most bang for our buck, right? Having officers make sure they're, they're out there and doing things that best suit the masses and to, to deter, hopefully, maybe the most violent crimes, uh, but also have that information. That way, if there were multiple thefts or we do, maybe there is somebody that actually has a suspect information, we can tie all those together. So we still want that information, just yes. to be clear. yes. Hey, it's your turn to add in there, Randy. You're not saying anything.
3: Well, no, what I was thinking about was uh, how we are changing and how we need to change with technology. So like what Captain was talking about earlier with the auto transcription, we didn't have body cameras when we first came on the PD, right? So what were we taught to do when we typed reports? You had to describe like you were painting a picture. You had to articulate everything that was happening so that when it was your time to come in and testify, or it was your time to provide information to detectives or your time to provide information to another agency that was very clear in your report. But now we have body worn cameras. You don't have to be at that clear in your report anymore because people can watch it. They can hear it and they can see it. Um, we could dive into a hole with body worn cameras where the pros and cons, but, The pros far outweigh the cons of the body-worn cameras in law enforcement today. And I think instead of being archaic and staying in the past where we spend all that valuable time typing reports and responding the way that we've always responded, we're losing out on our potential. So with this technology, our potential is going through the roof, and we've just got to embrace it. And we gotta take that step. And we may be the first one of the first agencies that starts to take those steps. And that's pretty exciting for LPD.
0: And not not just those cameras. I mean, really if you think about it, the amount of camera footage we get everywhere else too. I mean, you know, there's so <laughs> there's so much information that we're getting on not every case, right? Obviously, but man, there's a lot of cases to where we're even getting third party camera footage right? Because they have this cameras area or whatever that helped that case as well. And it's only going to get better, I would say, because more and more people are getting cameras, security cameras, ring, whatever. And so that's only helping us add more pieces so you can have that visual of what actually occurred versus versus somebody actually typing a narrative. So yeah, I mean, you're right. We got to, we got to move forward with the technology and use a to our advantage that, that's so
3: crazy too like i remember responding to calls when i was a patrolman and my first instinct wasn't to look around for surveillance or ring cameras or or whatever um but now that's like second nature that's what guys do so they respond to a call and then they start looking around at all the houses and they're like okay well this has got a ring camera and then they go up and make contact and then they can watch the crime occur so i mean it's fantastic what technology is doing for policing today
2: yeah. You know, and you got, there's some agencies out there, and I think you're seeing it a lot with larger cities and that's not who we are. That's not what we're talking about where they're, you know, they're basically saying, Hey, you know what, we're, we're not going to respond to calls unless it's in progress. Right. Because, you know, of the of the way they have to prioritize their response and what they have available. And that's a tough pill to swallow for the public when, you know, you say to someone, well, you know, somebody backed into my car on the street. You're you're not going to come out here and take the report physically. You're not going to physically show up. And no, we're not. And you know, there's an educational piece. That I mean, we could talk about the technology all day long. And you know, but how do you educate the public? Because um, we're going to have it on a smaller scale, obviously, probably with with the types of calls that we're not going to be responding to, and kind of trying to push towards an online reporting system. Um, and that's going to be an educational piece. That's going to be a, that's, there's going to be some heartburn over that.
0: But I think again, I mean, people are going to, they're going to understand you, you learn and you, you kind of mold over time, to it. Uh, over, right? time, it's yeah, over, over time. Yeah. Over time.
2: Because what, what are they used to now? They're used to actually seeing a police officer show up in uniform physically, you know, get the information, document that information in a report and submit that report. Yeah. And, you know, I think enough- some of those things just are not going to be occurring uh, at some point in time. I mean, you know, and again, the, 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 you know, we're, we're not, uh, you know, Chicago or L.A. or even Indianapolis. So, you know, you know, that's that's not where we're at with regards to the, the volume of types of calls. But a lot of those cities, that's exactly where they're at. I mean, if it's not an in progress call, they're not sending officers.
0: Well, Lafayette's not getting any smaller True, and we don't necessarily have, well, you know, we're not busting at the seams for for officers, right? I mean, we 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 need people, and the number of officers that we have allotted isn't getting any bigger, so we got to be able to do more with the same, with less or less, yeah, and um, just hopefully people understand that, and I think people already are understanding that. Like I told you the other day, had a request for some information and. When I was looking it up, I found that the report was made online and there was enough information there to, to do what needed to be done. So, you know, there's that uh, accountability piece. On, the, I mean, we're willing to help, right? But you also need to be willing to help yourself and provide that information and, and get online and document it and help us uh, because we do have a lot going on. And I think, you know, when I always tell people, you, don't, you just don't know until you become a cop. You just don't know. And you don't realize how big Lafayette really is until you start driving the streets and and you're kind of responsible for a zone or whatever. And there's, you know, what, five guys or five officers rather that are responsible for a quarter of the city. And you're like, wow, there's a lot of roads in here. There's a lot of roads in this town. And, you know, and so when we start stacking those calls, we got to figure something out. How do we do more with less like you're saying. And so this is one of the ways and, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Again, I mean, really in some of these, many of these circumstances, it's us just documenting the exact same thing of what they told us. Right. And so we really need your help on helping yourself and getting online and, and reporting those calls again, where there's no suspect, um, obviously no, no medical, no injuries or anything of that nature. Um, in, in providing us with that information and then you know if we're able to utilize it down the road or a suspect does come up or whatever we'll proceed accordingly
3: and that information that people provide online it doesn't just disappear i mean we get the information we get the statistics we get the data from it it's collected and that's the same thing that happens when an officer re- responds to a call and there's not any further follow-up that can be done it's it's the same exact thing the only thing that is not happening is that an officer is coming out there directly and you're right and you never know until you actually are a police officer how things function like when you work here at the pd then you see how things function and this is not just lpd this is everywhere um, and sometimes those things when it's when people call the police They've been a victim of something, and if we were in that, their position too, you know, we'd want that, that feedback, but that's all that it is. is it's just feedback. It's a feel-good when the officer shows up because it, it doesn't do anything different than reporting it to us online. It's the same exact yeah, thing.
2: Yeah, especially when there's no known suspects, right? Right. And, right. That, and that's one of the big ones right there is, you know, crimes that are reported where there is no known suspect,
0: but, again, that information is good. And, and when you give us that information, it's still when we pull up a map and we pull up what we call a heat map and you see maybe we're looking at thefts from vehicles, right? Uh, you, you report it online and there's no suspect. You have no clue who did it. And you were only missing some change out of there or whatever. Um, okay, so you report that for us. That's information we like because maybe there's – 20 of them and it just happens that when we actually bring it up on a map it draws this weird little circle and we're like oh okay we can kind of get epicenter of that circle and we can maybe kind of narrow down an actual suspect so we do want that information and you are doing us good and yourself and your and your neighboring uh you know your neighbors to hopefully find who that suspect is or uh you know help us deter that from happening even more um Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, this goes back to what Captain was talking about earlier and how we respond. We respond to crimes. So like when we're reading heat maps and we're implementing our uh, resources to target a certain area because of the data that we're receiving on that, we're actually responding. But with our response, we have the potential to prevent or solve or deter or push the problem out of that area.
0: Yeah. And when you're doing those online, you know, it's important. What time of day was it? I mean, we take all that stuff, you know, if you just, if we just document that, Oh, well it happened at noon. Cause I'm not really sure that's going to skew that data. Right. We need to know, cause if all these are occurring at three in the morning, then we're going to take that officer and we see, Oh, okay. There's several happening in this area at three in the morning. Guess what we're probably going to do. Put an, put an officer or two in that area at three in the morning and, hope that maybe we we find something right um but yeah like you guys are saying i mean we're always responding and that's what makes it tough sometimes is that we're responding to people's actions and uh, that puts us behind the eight ball in many many circumstances but with people's help cameras and good investigation we have a pretty good we have a pretty good uh, success ratio right of figuring out who did what
3: yeah if we have the appropriate information,
0: yeah absolutely yeah and how what that, do you guys think I mean how is that
4: heat map different than just a population chart There's population always, as in what their density, so there's always crimes at apartment complexes, there's always crimes at the mall, there's always crimes at Walmart, and there's always crimes at Menards. What does the heat map do that a population density graph anomalies doesn't? we have Anomaly- crime analysis anomalies
3: so if you're looking at a heat map and you look for an anomaly in the heat map. So if you have your standard data that you're constantly pulling, right, and it's always showing the standard data, but then all of a sudden you have, like, a certain type of theft that peaks, and then it's maintaining. That's the anomaly in that area. So when you're looking at that area, you try to figure out when that anomaly is occurring, and then you deploy your resources during that time. So even though there are... Um, differences like you could pull up the city and you would see heat maps in certain areas and you're right it does follow usually uh, population specifically like if it's a condensed area with uh, more population but there's always times and ways that you can read those anomalies and we have technology now that takes out the human looking at it all the time and we've got uh, a program that will actually uh, show officers where those anomalies are happening and send them on specific routes it's pretty cool
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you know, we have two crime analysts and they're they're pretty good at uh, deciphering information and and kind of directing us what we need and it just kind of depends on what the case case is asking of us, right? Time frames, locations, so um man, I always talk about we're very fortunate in the resources we have and the tools and all that compared to a lot of agencies, you know, in the state and probably nationwide for that matter. To be able to, you know, provide a good service to the community, but well, I mean, what? So, what are your guys' thoughts on? Hey, my, I don't know, something was damaged. My, 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 somebody stole my lawn, my lawn ornaments, and a chair. You know, but you have zero suspect. Tom, would you be okay with? Hey, hey, sir, understand. Listen, since you don't have a suspect, if you would, would you please go online and, and fill out this report for us? I mean, do you think that's reasonable?
1: I do. And uh, I actually have a real-world example. Um, on Nextdoor, they were talking about speeders on 4th Street by Miller. And this is during the school zone time. And someone on Nextdoor said, hey, report this online. The person did, and two days later we have a picture, someone snapped of a patrol car pulling, getting the person in question that was the repeat offender. Oh nice. And got them within two days. And so the elementary school is there, you have kids walking by themselves, pretty young, first graders walking to school, maybe maybe half a block or whatever. And they're not they might be looking at a game or a phone, they're not paying attention to traffic, and you can't have these guys going 50 miles an hour down fourth street and so they i'm sure the guy got a citation but that's a a good example of what we're trying to to do i think and as far as those types of crimes where they meet the criteria that is on the online uh crime reporting you know if it's a burglary if somebody was hurt you know we need to do an in-person discussion on that but if it's someone took my lawn ornaments someone you know Played, you know messed up my flowers whatever things of that nature then get on the website and you can fill on the pertinent data and it, it it's really uh you know you don't have to be uh, a
0: tech whiz to do it either so and th- those are great points and i appreciate you bringing that up but something to even even more so so that individual they go online they report that for us when when if that happens tenfold or whatever, that's creating time, right? It's creating time for officers to go out and do some extra patrol in that area. It's freeing up time because if that officer had to respond to that over, we'll say, in the Vinton school area, and now they're taking a report over there, they can't be sitting in the Miller school area looking for that speeder, right, because they're busy taking that call that could have been done online, um, and it takes away from that officer actually – deterring stuff from happening or in this case you know actually catching them and hopefully preventing that person to continue uh, continue to drive that way so that's that's what we're trying to get people to see is that it's creating more time on the back end for officers to go and and handle or help or do whatever you know if there's that drug house you know that people are aware of it's it's really hard for cops to, to sit on that house right and so if we're taking away those calls to where there's no suspects and people are doing those online reporting, it creates more time and hopefully they can sit on that house and and solve an issue there and then obviously move on to the next one. So um, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it comes down to trust, right? If you're, if you're not going to respond to certain types of calls anymore, then the public has to trust the fact that the, your utilization of those resources elsewhere are going to be put to good use right i mean and that and that comes down to what it comes down to what it always comes down to and that's a relationship with the community no i totally agree
0: and i think we have a great i know we have a great uh, relationship with our community i mean i'm out there all the time speaking with people and running into people and you know and that's that's why i know this will work and you know there might be a curve an educational curve to it but you know once once people catch on and they understand you know why we do it, it they'll they'll see it's not us just not wanting to respond um you know and the, the, we could we could talk even further about and I know we have before about how we are we really are a catch-all if people didn't know and when when people don't know who to call even if it's not criminal in nature they'll call the police and you know 10 years ago we were able to send that officer to Hey, there's a noise in my attic knowing that it's not someone in there. You know what I mean? It's just, there's something going on or I don't know. I've, I've been to some interesting calls, which I didn't at the time didn't mind going on and and helping those folks out. But you know what, what's happening is is Lafayette's continuing to grow. We have to do more with less. And so these calls to where it's not police related, uh, you know, Hey, my five-year-old's going out of control. That's, that's not a police related call. You know, I, I'm, we shouldn't be sending the police to handle a five-year-old misbehaving, you know. And so, you know, just again re-educating and just and just changing the way we operate to really benefit everyone involved.
3: You know what's good about LPD too is we're willing to provide that education, right? So we're on here talking about it now. We're educating people. I'm sure that if we change something or implement new new processes. We're gonna be pushing information out. We're we're here for our community and we wanna be as transparent as possible and, and help people through the process.
4: We have a phone number for someone to call if they don't have a computer or don't want to?
0: They and can still call dispatch and dispatch had like a regular
4: phone and it just all it did was take voicemail and then you, we use the software to transcribe that voicemail.
0: Wait, so, uh, ra- so instead of calling and
4: having a person answer the phone, okay, type it, and that person's still taking notes. They oh, just, you mean like a phone a tree
2: mail. on a, uh, a no, number am yeah. They
4: just call it, just direct to voicemail. Thanks for calling Lafayette Police, non-emergency crime reporting. Tell us your name, address, date, time that this happened. We'll transcribe it, put it in the reporting so yeah you know
2: a lot of agencies have gone to that phone tree type system where you know push one for this type of a call push two for here um push three for detectives type of thing that you don't get a live person on the phone like you do here at lpd uh to, i mean we've talked about that you know whether that's something that's actually going to change in the future i don't know
4: because if you're going to take an online you might as well take a voicemail and then have our software transcribed
0: that yeah. for you, drop it in and forget about it. Yeah. Well, you just created some more work for yourself. Go ahead and start working on that software. No. I'm sure it's coming though. I mean I'm sure I'm sure a our body cam that's stuff. that's actually a really good idea, Alan. I
2: I think I actually think that there are some agencies that when you call nine one one it goes to a, a, a tree. A tree. Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's kinda I, yeah, oh, actually I do know that because someone told me about one at a larger city
0: they yeah, called.
2: Yeah, it goes to a tree. <laughs> really? Yeah. So dang.
0: Now I could see that in smaller agencies to where maybe there's not staffing twenty four seven and it's like this is a true emergency, please call, you know, such and such county or whatever. Most
2: of those smaller agencies have an agreement with larger departments that oh. have a, a dispatch center that they'll field their calls and kind of filter those out. Gotcha.
3: Yeah, nine is kind of interesting. Why like, is that? Well it's like for here. Here, for example, if all of our 911s are tied up and someone calls 911, it just doesn't go busy. It gets uh, transferred over to another agency, to one of our local agencies. So it's like someone's always answering 911 no matter what.
2: And just for the record, if anybody's listening, we're not looking to change our 911 system to a (laughs) phone (laughs) tree.
3: I did like that, though, the online reporting phone number.
4: If, yeah, kind of a good idea. You could just idea. go straight to voicemail and then transcribe.
3: And that, see, that's that's the other thing. Like when we think about these processes, we're trying to think about the citizen and stuff that's reporting. How do we make it easy for them to do it?
4: You know, in IT, there's a lot of people that we don't even like using computers. They are the problem people. That if they could just call, then they can't use a computer. Oh, they really? Can't break it.
0: <laughs> that's fair.
3: You know,
4: you're
0: you're
3: one of those people.
0: That, what, I can't use a computer? Yeah. That's coming from the guy. complaining
3: about it all the time. Just so
0: people know, I send him emails all the time, and he's like, I never got that.
3: Hey, there was an email issue where your emails were not coming through. Just mine. It's been fixed.
0: Just mine, guys. Just saying.
3: CC'd emails. Hey, we're getting off topic here.
0: (laughs) Are you all right today? Hey, your beard looks great.
2: Uh, yeah, I shaved it over the weekend and then decided to let it grow back, but yeah.
0: So Cap was totally against beards, comes back from vacation with a beard, and we're like...
2: I was not totally against beards at all, at all. As a matter of fact, who was one of the biggest advocates when we changed our policy two years ago? Who was that? I, I meant
0: on your face. No, no,
2: no, no. Who was that? You.
0: Yeah. But I meant because on you your face.
2: Because you context to those types of comments. God. He just throws that stuff out there.
0: Your beard looks great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you were the a cop should have a high end tight and shaving every day if you're out in the street.
2: No, that, that was not no, that was not me either. No. Now to say I was I'm a little old school, right? I'm a little old school. I I don't own a, a Class B uniform. Mine's class A, so you know. I'll I tell you
0: what, the Class B uniform is the the greatest thing we ever did as far as uniforms are concerned. And if people
2: don't know, that's
0: the exterior vest and you see the the officers tools or or whatnot on his chest or you know torso that and the belt going from that uh nylon stiff nylon belt to a more what's what's the new belt called non chlorofam it's more just a lighter material oh my it it just takes the weight and disperses it over your body so much better yeah
2: well and and, and just just to be fair If my job was different and I was out there every day had to wear a uniform I would wear that I I absolutely would because it's it's just much more efficient it's healthier Um, it's just by far a a superior way to outfit officers on a day to day basis you don't have the buttons yeah you don't have those
3: buttons man my nemesis putting those buttons on the Class A's was horrible,
2: and they always fall
3: off. They do; they, they, they lose they... them. Then you got to replace them. Yeah,
2: and the uniform—it still looks
0: sharp. It still looks good. I mean, I—I I haven't heard any complaints. We've—we've we've been that way for a while, though. So, but again, that just goes back to change, right? It goes back to being open-minded to change, change with the times, change with technology, change with, you know, whatever's new and, and available. And we do a great job of. You know, especially we have tons of guys that are constantly looking at new things. How can we be better? How can we be better? And luckily we have an administration that is open to open minded to those things and you know, we t e it and if people don't know what that means, we test and evaluate different products and then we find what's best and get insight from officers and then most of the time we make a we make a change. And so we've made a lot of changes over the years for the better. And you know, when you're wearing that thing 12 hours a day and you're in a car, and, you know, if you have 20 pounds literally just sitting on your hips, it, well, at the time you don't know any better, right? Until you switch to that outer, outer carrier vest. But I went back to throwing all that gear on my belt one time to go bike, and I'm like, no, this is, this is horrible. I mean, it is, man. It is absolutely horrible. I actually kind of feel bad for the state police because they still got to wear everything on their, their waist. I mean, that's got to be. They have
1: a tie too, right? The tie and uh, campaign
2: hat, they're still – I don't think they still have to wear the tie, but they do have to wear the hat. They don't have to wear the tie, I don't think, unless they've got the long-sleeve Class A shirt on. Okay. But, yeah, the, the campaign hat, yeah, that's a staple.
0: But And it's – that whatever, that's fine. But, man, I would, I would wear the hat if I knew I could put all the gear on my chest, like on my – you know, because it's just – it's a lot. It's a lot. But – so change is good. What's up? Yeah, you
4: guys got your carrier – couple mags, handcuffs, radio, tourniquet now. Yeah,
0: it's all on our chest, and it's... Narcan. Narcan And not only that, just better access to it, right? Uh, Just being functional, having equipment that's functional versus looking pretty. And you can mesh those two worlds together. You can still look professional and have everything in a functional spot, you know, that's comfortable.
1: And tattoos, like, I'm a Gen Xer, like, to me, seeing a police officer with tattoos isn't... Like, are you left handed? Like, that's about how much I care. <laughs> if, I, if I see a cop with tattoos, I mean, yeah, it's not a big deal.
2: So, yeah, absolutely. that's probably something that's evolved at some point. Absolutely. I did that when we did the uh, facial hair policy and, and changed the, the, the policy on the tattoos. And, you know, there's still a review process that people have to go through to submit uh, for new ones. And then if they're current tattoos, uh, they have to submit those as well to make sure it's appropriate uh, to, to not wear. Long sleeves, but you know, and then and then what happened? I mean, you started to see that around here locally. Yeah, other, other local agencies started to change it after we did. And oh, yeah, you know, so that 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 trend is uh, hey, we're, we're trendsetters, aren't
0: we? We are trendsetters, sure.
2: absolutely 100%. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, and it's just another thing of changing with the times, changing, and then also it's kind of a, a little morale booster, you know, knowing like, okay, I can be. You can bring a little bit of personality to the job, you know again we still we still remain professional, but you know, hey, officer such and such has tattoos, that's okay, you know, as long as they're not you know like you said they're and i don't I can't see any of our people getting tattoos that would be offensive to begin with, right, or that wouldn't be a cop, but it's just one of those things that is something we can change that um makes it more what's the word i'm looking at? Our, our officers appreciate it and they're like hey yeah it makes coming and doing this job a little more fun if well, you will right like
2: tom said there's a human element to that as well right mm-hmm. they're, they're humanized when you know it's you know some someone like me that's in my 50s has a has a particular maybe idea about what a police officer should look like and what should be visible versus you know, someone that's in their 30s that is like, I, I don't see what the big deal is. Why, why would officers having exposed tattoos be a problem? So, you know, some of that's just generational as well.
0: No, I get it. You guys are really quiet today, and it's really just it's, it's killing the vibe. So let's talk about the foot pursuit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, in all seriousness. You know, honestly, I, know- I, I, I kind of think this was a good start with regards to the conversation on changes and that are taking place throughout the country. And I I think we'll, I think we pick up on this in the next one. I think we have a more in-depth conversation maybe about what changes might be coming down the pike and uh, what people, you know, should be preparing themselves for what we're going to have conversations with the public about, and then maybe also what not to be worried about because that, that might be a big one too. You know, people listening and thinking, oh, my gosh, well, are they going to respond to this? Are they going to respond to that? What, you know, because that's, you know, that's part of it, right? The apprehension. Whenever you go through change, you know, people have to understand what that change looks like. Yeah. What does that mean? How does that affect them? Absolutely. Yeah, good point.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there will always be avenues of contacting us. There's always multiple avenues, right? I mean, it's not like... Oh, I'm sorry. This is just a, you know, criminal mischief. Go ahead and report and, you know, if you're really adamant about it, you can show up to the PD and talk to an officer, right? Or we have other outlets, emails, uh, I know my email and office numbers out there in the in the universe for people that need to reach out. I mean, there's we just have a lot of open uh, open uh, lanes of communication next door. We're on next door, so you can send us next door posts. So, Email No, I agree. What's, what's that, buddy?
4: Email the podcast.
0: Email the podcast, which, again, we still send podcast us. Podcast at Lafayette.in.gov. There you go. Send us a note. Tell us what you want to hear about. Tell us if you have some great idea for a guest, right? We'd, like, we'd love to hear ideas. What do you want to hear? We, you know, we can get in this room and talk all day long to each other. We have no issues with that. Well, some of you do apparently today. Good Lord. Really? I'm just messing with you. I, I, Anyways, stop, stop. It's okay, sir. Now, do it's they okay. get,
1: if, if someone files an <laughs> online report, do they get uh, a receipt or a copy sent right away? So, if it's for insurance or their own
0: personal files. So, they'll they... be able to get that case number. They'll have the case right. number because it will generate a case. Okay. Right? And so, it, like, like we're saying, I mean, the only thing that's taking out of there is an officer actually showing up to your house Listening to what you you have you know what occurred, and then us writing that report for them. Um, I say regurgitate that information. I mean, if that's really not necessary, because you can go online, you can get that case number you need. You can put all the information when it occurred, where it occurred, what happened, and you can put all that in there. So we have it. And then also, you have documentation that, hey, I made this report, so if the insurance company does need a case number, you can have that. And then there's also instructions of how to get the actual report okay. as well, all on the on the. Now, website.
1: can citizens do the, uh, like, minor car accident with this?
0: No. Okay. It's Cannot do crash intro. reports. Yeah. Okay. So, in the state of Indiana, if it's, they use the number $1,000 worth of damage, which that's kind of hard to. That goes you know, fast that, today. Hit yeah. a bumper,
4: hit a bumper, and all those stupid sensors, yeah. the parking sensors, your camera—you can get to a thousand dollars. Just tactically. here's what I will
0: say about crashes: if there's visible damage, probably should have a crash report done. If there's no damage at all, if there's no visible damage, the the likelihood of there being internal damage is probably pretty small. Is that fair? I mean, cars are made to take some bumps, right? Is that fair to say, Randy? He's no. the he's the I'm the what? You're the like Bob guru? the You're like Bob <laughs> the Builder meets Ford, me, I, you know, you I you're my go-to guy for that stuff. But is it fair to say that if you have zero visual damage, your car is probably fine?
3: Yes, that's fair to say.
0: And not only that, if an officer shows up and there's been two cars that have have come into contact with each other and there's no damage the officer's probably not going to take a crash report because there needs to be visible damage um but if there is damage like like alan was saying everything's a thousand dollars these days and i get it my wife a deer ran into my our car the other day and it was three grand for like a paint i was like oh i really didn't want to file a claim but we ended up we had to you know but uh so yeah, yeah, we, we can't and it's so it's state law. I'm sorry, it's state law. If it's over a thousand dollars worth of damage, you know, you're supposed to contact the police and get a police report. So so yes, we continue to do that. But again, if there's no damage, it's not necessary. You can exchange information and really that's not even necessary if there's no damage, right? So good info. Yeah. Any other uh, questions for the, the good of the order? All right. Go sign up for the foot pursuit, foot pursuit five K I want to see you down there on Saturday, October 30th. Go over to Party City and get an awesome uh, Halloween costume. You'll see me here soon. Randy hopefully pushes out my uh or our video here soon and you'll see what I'll be wearing at the foot pursuit cuz he was so kind to pick it out for me. And support a great cause, the Hartford House.
2: Yeah. If you don't want to run, just come down and hang out with us. There's always coffee. and
0: Yeah, we're going to have coffee, Dunkin' Donuts. We're going to have donuts down there, have some bananas. And people can walk, You can, right? wa- you can walk. You can, it, can absolutely. walk. Absolutely. You can skip. You can register and just show up and not do anything. I'm totally fine with that. Just come hang out with us. Register anyway so you can at least get a cool shirt. And Participation Medal. And you can tell everyone that you ran the fastest 5K you want and not do anything. I'm fine with that. Just come support a good cause and hang out with us.
3: Hey, how about donations? Can people just make straight-up donations to yeah. the cause?
0: Thank you, Randy. Gosh. And that's why he's here, folks. Look at that. More than just that. But anyways, yes, you can go on to the registration site, and you can actually just donate to the Hartford House. That's on there and they will get all those donations. Donations. You can also go on there and when you register, you can, you can donate as well. So I've had a lot of people do that, so thank you. Like I said, we've had over 40 register and, and most of those folks have donated extra to the Hartford House. Uh, you can get shirts, you can get sweatshirts. It's, good, it's a good time. Will you stop it?
1: Peace out. This has been Inside the Squad a podcast from the Lafayette Police Department in Lafayette, Indiana. Inside the Squad is a community outreach podcast and is hosted by Sergeant Eno Shields and Captain Brian Phillips of the Crime Prevention Unit within the department. Today we discuss the 5K foot pursuit, online crime reporting, and general changes in law enforcement today. You can email us show ideas or questions at podcast at lafayette.in.gov. You can also join us on Instagram, Twitter, Nixle, and Nextdoor. Until next time, thanks for listening.